You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. Once again to the greatest show of them all. This is the NFC Beast mixtape you can listen to this podcast on any one of sb nation's nfc east blog podcast networks that is blogging the boys for dallas cowboys coverage bleeding green nation for philadelphia eagles big blue view for new york football giants or hogs haven for the playoff list washington commanders you can also watch this on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel he is brandon lee gotten from bgn i am rjo Chaw from btb blg second time this week for you and i second of three conversations that you and i will have um, you know, we should do this more often. How do we keep meeting like this? <laughs> uh, people really liked the other pod. It seems like got a lot of good feedback. So we appreciate that from everyone. I also wanted to give a little bit of a shout out here to our listener, Sean, who in lieu of, uh, in Apple podcast review, which is what you should leave, you know, five stars mm-hmm. rating reviews. Sean did not because he says he uh, has an Android and listens on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, but uh, he says he's an avid listener to all BGM content, content but the mixtape is definitely a ritual listen every week leading up to the NFC's games. Admittedly, born an Eagle fan, but always look to me and RJ for an overall assessment of how the NFC's teams are performing outside of the Eagles-Dallas matchups, for which I think RJ, despite his protesting, is a bit of a quote-unquote homer. Your combined analysis, more often than not, fair and accurate. The back and forth is always entertaining and insightful. I truly appreciate that I can tune in every week and hear a new conversation. The mixtape is only behind BGN Radio with Jimmy Kemsky and my weekly listens. Also, love the look ahead on the SB Nation NFL show. Five stars every time. Appreciate everything y'all do. Fly, Eagles, fly. That is from, again, Sean. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, and you know, we don't say this often enough, but I think one of the best things about where we work is that we can be homers, right? Like that's that's one of the coolest aspects of our job. It is our job. Um, to to you know let the homer flag fly. Um, and you know out of that homerism was born the NFC East mixtape. Um, there are a lot of people who like the the, the mixtape, so to speak. Uh, we got a lot of responses um, this week to you, you mentioned. I thought when you said Apple Podcast Review, I thought you were going to say applesauce. That was a very popular answer. Um, to the if you had to eat five pounds in an hour uh, question I I get that like that that is um that's thinking and understanding the game Um, but you know so like I said you know awesome times whatever the look ahead Um, it's not actually called the look ahead I know that is much to your chagrin yes it is Um, (laughs) but uh, but people can hear us there later on this week earlier just to kind of uh, tie a bow on things in case somebody missed the first episode of the mixtape this week this is our second on the first one we reviewed the Cowboys and Giants wins from the wild card round and we touched on this week's upcoming divisional round matchup between the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, we had Ed Valentine on from that show or on that show from Big Blue View. Uh, so we have to obviously talk about the Cowboys playoff game. So to do that, we are doing 
um, kind of a mini look ahead, even though we will do uh, a like normal look ahead this week. Um, I've already had a conversation with this person on a podcast this week. So there's a lot of cross-pollination happening here. We would like to welcome for the first time ever to the NFC East mixtape, Rob Stats Guerrera from Niners Nation and The Look Ahead. Uh, Brandon, I did ask Stats before he and I recorded on the Ocho uh, what he would eat five pounds of in an hour. His first answer was celery. No. <laughs> because I feel like it'd be the easiest, right? Because there's nothing to it. It's all water, basically. But you don't want to do that. You're by the like whatever <laughs> piece. You're gonna be like, this is horrible. This is a bad decision. I hate chewing. celery. Your jaw's gonna get sore. That's what I said. I, I said that like physical activity of eating it would be uncomfortable. He did pivot to watermelon, which I suggested, and a lot of people agreed with too. So either one. Wow. Stats. How did you feel listening to us kind of like hyping up the mixtape? You're somebody who um. Kind of notoriously hates on the mixtape behind the scenes. I don't like it here. I'm not going to lie. It's the 49ers <laughs> against the NFC East in these playoffs. Bring it on. Wow. I hadn't like totally realized that. Um, you know, there's a bit of a presumption there that the 49ers are going to make it to the NFC Championship game. Uh, obviously, if they do, they will have to play a second NFC East team. What is your ideal path, Stats, before we get into the Cowboys-Niners game? Are you, are you rooting for the Giants on Saturday night? Oh, 100%. Philly was my pick to come out of the NFC before the year started. So I clearly have respect for the Eagles. Yeah, I would take the 49ers against Daniel Jones any day of the week. Also, mm. if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, stats doesn't have to jump into a lake. Yeah, so you know what? Niners, that is go ahead, Sin. If the Niners get to the NFC championship game, I feel like I'm good either way, right? Because either they're going to the Super Bowl or I don't have to jump into a lake. So I can't lose. Mm. Very interested. Um to see how this all plays out. Um, well, we did talk Eagles, Giants. For the record, stats, who's going to win that game? Uh, we'll pick it and discuss it on the look ahead, but just oh. so the NFC's mixtape audience can get your thoughts. Philly's going to boat race them. It's not even going to be close. So you're laying the seven and a half. You're fine. Oh, yeah, I would lay 10. I have no worries Ooh, about this, this game at all. <laughs> Sounds I like think, a lock of the week candidate from Yeah, stats. I think Philly's going to hammer them. Wow, stats is notoriously very good at the locks of the week, Brandon. So um, you should feel very <laughs> safe up. Uh, about this. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, you're not here to talk Eagles Giants. I don't know why you went down that path, stats. That's a mistake by you. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> will visit the San Francisco 49ers uh, on Sunday afternoon. The um, the the nightcap, so to speak, of the divisional round. Brandon, stats and I did talk about this. Um, we we defined this as a, a thirty thousand foot perspective uh, on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Stats is going to use that audio too over at Niners Nation. So we wanted to get into like some matchup more related things here on the mixtape. So maybe the first question should come from you, BLG, because you're the independent person here. Well, Stats, you said you're super confident that the 49ers are going to beat the Cowboys. Why is that? I just think that I remember how the 49ers played the Cowboys last year. Nick Bosa missed half of that game with a concussion. I don't know where the Cowboys are better, and the 49ers are clearly better offensively right now than they were last year so i just don't see why the game would be any different i don't disagree with the notion that the niners are better uh, than they were a year ago um there's something stats and i talked about i'm way more scared i wasn't scared at all last year of the matchup i mean it was uh and i told rob this um 
I don't know if you remember, Brandon, the Niners won in week 18, which set in you know motion a bunch of different playoff things. And that bumped Dallas up from the four seed to the three seed, which gave them the matchup of hosting the Niners in the wild card round. And every Cowboys fan was pumped and was like, oh, hell yeah, like we get Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever. Um, and, and then got punched in the mouth. And so every Cowboys fan is is afraid on, on some level. Like there's no Cowboys fan, I think, who thinks like this is going to be a boat racing sort of thing. Everyone has resigned themselves. So this is going to be some sort of battle. Uh, Nick Bosa, this is maybe the most dominant season he's ever had stats. You can you can tell me if you disagree with that. And the Cowboys offensive line isn't bad, but but it's it's kind of just average. And so um, it's 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 a really terrifying proposition. And even if you survive on offense, OK, cool. Now you have to go handle Kyle Shanahan's um, offense yourselves. And, and I do think the Cowboys defense is more organized, I guess, to answer where they're better. Uh, and they're not as dependent on turnovers. They're still getting them, but but they're not as dependent on them as they were a year ago. So, okay, so we've had like a very nice conversation on the Ocho. We had a nice talk. I've just decided that this ain't going to be that. Okay. I'm going full disrespect (laughs) mode. That's right. That's what the mixtape is all about. I think this is what's going to happen Bosa and company are going to get after Dak, and we're going to see league leading interception Dak Prescott and not (laughs) Dak Prescott from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because if you ask me, the 49ers defense do a lot of things like Washington's defense. And how did Dak look the last time he played Washington? I think that's a fair point. Um, I, I don't know. And I, I'm not look, like, I'm, I'm not going to be like bravado. <laughs> like I'm, 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 you know, telling you that right now. Cause it would be stupid. Um, but I will say, I don't think it's fair to say like, well, how did Dak play against Washington? I don't think you should throw it away, but, mm. but it, it was, it was not their total incomplete selves. I mean, we, we learned that on Monday night and I think, you know, even the Monday provided a little bit of hindsight, obviously, but they were not their total incomplete selves. Even the week before the Thursday night in Tennessee. I mean, the last time we saw this, this is a really lame thing. Um, I, I acknowledge, but I was talking about this on, on one of the hits I did this week. Um, so Mike McCarthy has rotating captains. I don't know if y'all knew that, um, you know, throughout the season, every week it's different players. Uh, when the Cowboys played the Eagles, BLG, I don't know if you knew this. Um, it was Dak Prescott on offense, Micah Parsons on defense. And um, I think it was CJ Goodwin on special teams. And that is the like, we're taking it serious lineup, right? Like that, that is the like, you know, the, these would be the captains for the year if you're picking players or whatever. Um, like shout out to Connor McGovern or whatever, who who gets to be a captain one random week or whatever. But like, that's <laughs> that's not like, you know, you, when you're laying it all on the line. And so Monday, they, they set their playoff captains. They're not going to rotate them, whatever. And it was kind of that same crew that we saw against the Eagles. And so my, my point is that the Cowboys took that Philly game very, very seriously because they knew there was a lot on the line. They didn't take the Titans and Commanders games as seriously. So stats, I'm I'm with you. Like, you know, that that is fair and, and valuable data, but I don't think you can you can take a huge takeaway from that game. I don't think that that's, you know, I think that's a little bit disingenuous. Well, I have a question for you, RJ, off of what stats is talking about here. Because, I mean, this is the best defense that the Cowboys are going to play all year, correct? Totally. All right, what was the second one? Like, what was, what was the last, like, good defense that Philly. the Cowboys had to play. Yeah, you would say it was the Eagles? Yeah. I mean, I think we all respect Washington's defensive front, right? Like, we all think, like, they got some stuff to work with there, right? It's it's cute. It's interesting. But, like, Tennessee Tennessee had a, like, kind of sneaky run defense. I know you talked about that, Brandon, when it was Titans-Eagles week. Um, but, like, the best overall defense they played before this was Philly. Um, and everybody made a big deal about the Gardner-Minshew part of that. But that was why Cowboys fans were so excited because it was like Dak hung 40 
on on what might be the best defense in the NFL, what might be the mm. best pair of cornerbacks in the NFL. And I know Maddox left the game, and, and there were other pieces and elements, and, or whatever. and short fields with four turnovers. Yes, but he still he still had success. I mean, sure. he had the he had the pick six at the beginning that was terrible, but after that, he was pretty flawless. He got four field goals from Brett Maher. I'm not quite sure that that's going to be possible this week. See, like again, now we're like cherry picking. He was awful on Monday. It's not night. cherry picking. It's a relevant concern. Well, but, like, <laughs> it is a relevant concern, but like to say like he's going to be that guy versus the guy he was for 17 games prior is again, I think a little bit disingenuous. Like I'm definitely concerned about Brett Maher, and I don't know what the perfect answer is since we last spoke. I think uh, I last spoke to both of you. Um, the Cowboys brought in Tristan Vizcaino on their practice squad, and I'll ask you both this: If you were the Cowboys, would you have him active on Sunday? Because what, what like I, I go back and forth and it's it's truly like a mental thing at this point. Like if, if you don't, then you're kind of freeing Brett Maher, right? Like we totally and completely believe in you. But what if he misses his first kick of what, of, you know, any kind, then you're screwed. Like you, like you don't have somebody like it kind of makes sense to have a second kicker active based on what we just saw. I think of the game situation, right? So you're driving down your Dallas, you know, hey, look, I don't know how many times we're going to be able to get to this part of the field. It's fourth and four, right? At the 30-yard line. Do you kick the field goal? Do you go for it because you're too worried? Like, this is going to affect how McCarthy calls the game. I think it could actually be a blessing in disguise if it encourages him to be more aggressive. That's my um, I, uh, I would just, my answer, so I, no, I would not have him active. I would just lean towards being more aggressive. Now, obviously, there could be a situation where you can't really afford to do that because right. like, you know, uh game in the line or whatever. And then you just, you have to make the kick. Um, But uh yeah, I would just go for it. I mean, I think that's the right answer because like, look against this 49ers defense, like how many opportunities are you going to have to necessarily get points? You can't just always assume in theory, at least going into the matchup that, Oh, we can score again later. Might not be able to, it might make sense to get as many points as you can while you can. I agree with that completely. And I mean, I, the, the hypothetical I brought up stats is fourth and four when it would be a 57 yard field goal. Like that's Maher's thing. And you brought that up. Like he's kind of like the downtown King. And it's like, it's funny that like he would miss four extra points when he's like perfect from 60 out. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a weird kind of, you know, dichotomy in that sense. Uh, but yeah. And like, to your point, Brandon, it works out if like the Cowboys go for it and they get it right. Like, cause then it's like, Oh, this really was a blessing in disguise. But if they don't, then you like place, you know, it's like reverse hindsight of like, Oh, well, if they had had Maher, they would have kicked that field goal instead of not getting that fourth down. I mean, it but is you're a the underdogs though. Like go for it. Like you're, you're not favored to win this game. So you should be and, being aggressive and trying to create an advantage. That's how I feel about the game overall stats. And that's why like, I'm, I'm not like comforted by you, you know, and I know we're having fun, but you being like, Oh, I think the Niners are going to kick their ass or anything. But like, I, I don't know. I can't tell you the last, uh, I think I brought up the Oh nine division around against the Vikings. That was Brett Favre's like golden year or whatever in Minnesota. That, that was the last time that I was like, okay, they're like, they're up against something like completely different here. And they got blown out in that game. I, I can't really see them getting blown out. I mean, it's obviously possible in a world of infinite possibilities, but like, I, I, this is the team of, you know, not supposed to, right? Like they're not supposed to survive Tyron Smith getting her right before the season starts. They're not supposed to survive having a, a rookie, you know, playing at left tackle and then kicking him inside and back outside. They're not supposed to survive five games without Dak Prescott. They're not supposed to survive and still have a flourishing offense without Amari Cooper. And so like, they're not supposed to, we all thought on some level, they're not supposed to go down to Tampa and beat even a, a weaker version of Tom Brady on the road in the Navy uniforms on the grass. That, Jay, that grass thing was all Jason Garrett, by the way. I blame him specifically for bringing that up and making that a story but so like and that isn't like oh they're, they're not supposed to so they're gonna go slay the mighty 49ers but like 
I mean, I've, I've learned to kind of trust them to, to figure things out for the most part. That doesn't say that's not to say that they always figured out or they're always right. But um, I'm with you, Brandon, like they play like a not supposed to team. You think you're the not supposed to team in this matchup? I, I, I'm not saying they're the only one. I mean, like, and it, obviously the Niners have an incredible, like, I, who who doesn't think that Kyle Shanahan's the best play caller in the NFL? Like, I would like to meet that person, right? And so I don't I don't think anyone is trying to take away from Brock Purdy, but everyone understands like what Kyle Shanahan has built. He's he's Brock Purdy is Krang in the Ninja Turtles, right? He's the little brain inside the like mighty machine monster. And so I mean, while I understand the difference at the quarterback position, Kyle Shanahan does loom as the big bad wolf in this matchup. There's no big bad wolf on the Cowboys side. First of all, you're being very nice. That's making it very hard for me to continue to be a jerk, but I'm going to try like just a little thing that you said there. uh, It's, it's so funny to me that the Cowboys are inventing things that they think they overcame, right? They beat a broken down Tom Brady and you overcame grass and the color blue. (laughs) What? I said they were stupid things. Like they are silly. And like, I mean, again, I, I, my point is I went into last year. And so I'm like kind of comparing it to, to what is recent. And look, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm, I'm very like new to this. Like you guys have had your teams in these big moments and whatever. Like I was thinking, cause everyone made a big deal about how it was the first road Cowboys playoff win since 1992. And I was trying to think of like the most recent ones for your teams, right? There's a lot to choose from, right? And the first one that came to mind for Philly um, that wasn't the Super Bowl was the double doink game, right? In Chicago, right? Like boom. Like, and it was like, not even a thing, right? It's like, Oh, we won this playoff game on the road. Ho hum. You know what I mean? Like, like st- standard operating procedure. Like, but for the, and that's where like people so often blend the history of the Cowboys and the nostalgia of like, that's who they're supposed to be. And they, they put that responsibility on the shoulders of the current team, which is whatever. But like that, that's these moments are, are big time. Like you're talking about the color blue. That's a thing. Like that's a thing when you've lived that's this That's not life. a thing. It the is like, the, like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying they deserve like a, a statue for, for winning a playoff game in their Navy jerseys, but like it, it contributed to the level of anxiety that Cowboys fans felt is my point. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't look at that as any sort of accomplishment whatsoever. Cause Especially your team cause, like, ass. Cause, cause you're used to your team winning and that's a very different feeling. Do you want to hear a crazy stat? If the 49ers win this week, they will have not lost in the playoffs before the conference title game since 2002. Now, some how of those many, years, of course, they didn't make the playoffs, yeah. but it is a weird thing to get to the playoffs and go on this run like every time. It's kind of wild. And I keep telling Niner fans, you better appreciate it because this is not normal. You're the second person this week on the mixtape to bring up a stat like that. Uh, what, what is it, BLG, um, that Ed brought up? Every time that the Giants have won a playoff game since 2000, they've made the Super Bowl or something like that. Or is that Eli, is right? right? I mean, Eli would so make it, the playoffs. He would go. But all it proves is that like they were only successful those two times and they were wildly successful when they were. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's not the same thing as your Niners step, but it's like the same in a literal sense. I don't know. What are your thoughts overall, Brandon? Uh, I wanted to ask stats what is biggest. So you are so confident in the 49ers. Then what's like your biggest concern that you have to be worried about? Or like if you're going to be concerned about something, what does concern you? Tony Pollard. He's incredibly explosive. He's clearly the best weapon the 49ers have just because it's easier to get him the ball than CD lamb. Like Dak still has to drop back and have pass protection and all that. You can just hand the ball to Tony Pollard. He is so explosive he is so much better than Zeke. Like every time the Cowboys hand the ball to Zeke, I'm going to say thank you. Like that is a win for the 49ers because it's not in Tony Pollard's hands. 
if he can keep them ahead of the chains, especially having success on first down, that's going to open up much more options for Dak, the play action game, the deep passing game, which is really where the 49ers are vulnerable. They've given up eight touchdowns of 50 yards or more this year. That is the most in the NFL. So if Pollard is having success on first down early, then the Niners defense is going to be back on their heels a little bit. And that is not how they are built to succeed. So I agree with you, obviously, that Tony Pollard is amazing um, and and by far the most explosive weapon that the Cowboys have. Do either of you know, or would you guess? Maybe you don't remember stats, but Brandon, how many times did you guess Tony Pollard touched the ball in the wild card matchup last year? I want to say eight times. Stats, what would go you t- guess? I was going to say 10. Six. And they took, oh. a lot of criti- they took a lot of criticism for that. I mean, understandably so. Um, it was a really rough day for the Cowboys in that sense. And Tony Pollard is incredibly explosive, but I think number two on this list, and we all understand, is, is C.D. Lamb. Um, C.D. had six touches as well. So you're talking about your two most explosive players touch the ball, you know, fewer than 15 times. Like, that's just – that's not the way – Tony Pollard had 15 carries on Monday night. It's just an example. Um, so, like, I do think there is a sector of football fans that think the Cowboys are going to pound the rock with Zeke, but that that's – I can tell you that's not who they are. Like, they still use Zeke and incorporate Zeke, but he really kind of is just, like, their short yardage back at this point. Um, and Monday night was proof of that. Like what, you know, we saw Zeke utilize at different times this season, but on Monday night when it was winter go home, it was Tony Pollard who had the most touches on the team as far as running backs are concerned. Finally. <laughs> I mean, what has taken so long, really? I mean, he was the fourth overall pick and they fell in love with him and he's like the face of their, I'm not justifying this. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you what the answer is. Like they, the, the contract they gave him, they had to justify the contract. Right. And so, and, and that's where this is an off season conversation, but it's like, are they going to give a contract to Tony Pollard now after they took all the heat? They're going to say like, well, no, you guys got mad at us for giving a contract to a running back. And so we're not going to give one to Tony Pollard. And um, it just kind of is what it is. But I will say, you know, Cedric Wilson touched the ball a lot in the wildcard matchup last year, which was really stupid. Um, although I love Cedric, but Dalton Schultz, I, if you, if you told me last week, like on Monday morning, like Dalton Schultz would, would be the leading like target, you know, receiver for the Cowboys in, in the divisional round against San Francisco, I would have balked at that. I've been like, that's a losing strategy, but he has really kind of come back to life. That is the sort of like underrated offensive weapon the Cowboys have going on is Dalton Schultz. He's had two touchdown catches in two of his last three games. And and he and Dak, when they are on, um, I did a radio hit this morning stats and you'll scoff at this. Somebody said, I think Schultz is going to be the better tight end of the game. I don't think that personally, <laughs> but, but I, I think that he's, I do think he's underrated is my point. Mm. That could be, uh, but he's also going to have to go against Fred Warner, which, you know, that's not an easy assignment. And George Kittle scores touchdowns now for the longest time. Imagine that. that. Holy crap. George Kittle for not scoring touchdowns. Hey, to my my credit, I've said that to George Kittle's face. So, you know, I've called him out on it. Um, I don't know that you get credit for that. Well, if you're going to say it. You know, on all our shows, when you get the chance to talk to the person, I think you it's only fair if you did bring you, it up. Did you have the jersey behind you when you said it? Uh, it? No, at that time, it was a Gore jersey. Right. I remember that. Um, interesting. Brandon, I have a question for you. Um, Former Eagle. Oh, that's true. <laughs> what, a, what a weird two weeks, whatever it was. Uh, Ten minutes Brandon, or whatever. My, my question to you, we talk a lot about seeing a path. What is the path to victory for each of these teams? Because Stats and I are clearly biased in this mm-hmm. respect so like what is the path for san francisco what is the path for dallas i mean the same Dak who showed up to tampa you know clearly has to show up again here in san francisco or where is it again santa, santa clara, clara maybe santa clara yeah dumb anyway uh i mean you know it's it's really it's very strange that uh it's so far to me 
And that's something that's not unique to just 49ers, but also literally every other team in the NFC. East All right. Philly <laughs> Stadium is in Philadelphia. We're talking so, about seeing a path for these two teams. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that the same deck has to show up. That's clear. Um, for the 49ers, I mean, I, I don't really know what their weakness is. I mean, stats, I, I've been wanting to, to pose this question to you. Like, when was the last, I guess, a really good 49ers win this season? Like, like an impressive kind of, re- like, you know, resume boasting. That's not a term. Boosting. But what's the best, yeah, boosting. What's the best win, you think? Like, w- w- if you can take one win to be really happy about and brag about, which one would you pick? I mean, they've scored at least 37 points in the last four games, which I think is pretty damn impressive. If you want to yeah, like, like give me give me an opponent that was like really impressive that they beat. That yeah, like a mantle. A really quality win. So, 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 well, like a, they something you put on your mantle. They torched the Dolphins, who at the time were playing great. And not that's only true. did they torch the Dolphins, that's the game Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and Brock Purdy played 90% of the snaps. And he came in with no reps with the first team, not knowing, you know, anything really. And they beat Miami 33-17. They crushed them. And that was with Tua. Okay. That's a fair answer. I think they, you know, they kind of were faltering a little bit or started to afterwards and maybe, you know, give the 49ers credit for making them do that. Um, But point being is, I'm not saying the 49ers are frauds because I think what they've done is incredibly impressive. I'm also a big D'Amico Ryan fan. Um, But I just, you know, I'm looking at their schedule here and it's not like they are like chock full of, wow, they beat this team. And then part of that is just, playing in the nfc there aren't a lot of amazing teams <laughs> to play and they didn't play the eagles or the cowboys in the regular season who are two of the more legitimate teams in this conference so um not blaming them but i guess if that's one thing maybe is that they just it's not so much path to victory as much as like maybe we're overrating the 49ers a little bit based on what they've done and to me like i'm not really the, the beating the seahawks to me wasn't like wow they beat the seahawks that's incredible i thought in both games, the 49ers played the Seahawks this year. They weren't even close. And the Seahawks really fell apart, I think, at the end of the season. They had an impressive run earlier in the season. So that wasn't, like, shocking to me. Um, you know, great win and really impressive that they were able to dominate them in the end, despite the fact that they looked like they, they were down at one point, 17 to 16. Um, but now I'm just rambling. I don't know. <laughs> well, first, they beat the Seahawks when the Seahawks are playing well in week two, 27 to 7. Sure. So. We, we beat them when they were playing great, and we beat them when they were faltering, as you put it. We dominated. in week two, just for full context. So, without my, my question about the schedule thing, and I agree, like, you can look at the 49ers schedule and call it into question. The problem, like you said, is if you don't play the Eagles or the Cowboys, who in the NFC could you have played where you would have been like, there's your impressive win? There's nobody else. I mean, the answer to some extent would have been the Vikings, right? Like it, that was, a, again, I like, I'm not here to, you know, open that can of worms, but like the Eagles win over the Vikings was an impressive one, right? That we talked a lot about Brandon, right? And obviously the Cowboys win and that, that really boosted the Packers stock, like right near the end of the regular season. Um, and the Giants, I think would have been, I mean, it wouldn't have been at the time, but like now looking back, like it's really impressive to say the Cowboys swept the Giants, right? Like as an example, just because of, of what they've done. But yeah, like, is, is anybody like, at the time, I felt like the the shutout of the Saints was impressive for the 49ers. But again, it was kind of like, well, you know, like you, you can kind of, well, you know, everything. It was away. a 13, 13 to zero. Too. I know. Um, so, Stats, I wanted to ask you a question, like along these lines. Um, I, there, 
and we talked about this, like not every fan represents the whole fan base. So like there are some, you know, Niners fans that are like, oh, we're going to blow out the Cowboys. And there are some Cowboys fans that are like, Brock Purdy sucks. We're going to expose him. Nobody's here to say anything stupid like that. But I did see this tweet uh, floating around on Wednesday. Um, and it was about the Purdy era specifically. And obviously it's been incredible in the story and Shanahan, we know all the stuff. But it was about the season, or excuse me, the defenses that and, and where they rank from an EPA perspective, uh, both you know from a pass and run perspective. But overall, these are the total EPA per play ranks for the defenses that the Niners have beat with Brock Purdy, Miami. And I, I'm not taking anything away from that game, but the fact that like there was a change, right? It's a little weird, right? It's not like a week of preparation for that, but still they crushed them. Good for them. But Miami ranked 24th uh, defensively from an EPA per play standpoint. Tampa Bay 11th, and they crushed them. Seattle, 26th. Washington, 5th. We sat here, and like you said, we, we threw some flowers their, their way. Las Vegas, 30th. Arizona, 20th. Seattle, 26th. Meanwhile, the Cowboys rank 2nd, and the Eagles rank 4th, if it does come to that, obviously, for the Niners. Is there any concern? Not that the Niners haven't played a great team, like BLG was kind of dancing around, but that Brock Purdy hasn't played a great defense, specifically. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that the Cowboys defense will be the best defense that he has played. But look at the scores of the games you're talking about, right? He's not just eking by. These aren't 13 to nothing victories that Brock has had. They are crushing teams, which is what you should do if you're a good team against a bad defense. So even if you want to say maybe the Niners will score 10 less points than they usually score, that still puts them at about 28 points in the game, which is certainly enough to win with. So I agree that there could be a little regression there, a little return to earth, but with the way that they have been going, that's still going to be certainly enough to win any game with the defense that they have. Do you think, you said this is probably the best defense that the Niners are going to play. Do you think this is the best team? Actually, I have two questions. Do you think this is the best team they're going to have played all year? And do you think this is the best quarterback that they're going to have played all year? No, because they played the Chiefs earlier. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, then second best. Uh, obviously, Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, most complete Headline. team. RJ thinks Zach's better than Mahomes. Uh, I would say the most complete team for sure. Like the the Chiefs defense is nowhere near the Cowboys defense. You know, they play Justin Herbert who can put up points. The Dolphins were putting up points at the time. So like they've played teams with one good unit, but I would say the Cowboys and then if, if it gets to that point, the Eagles would definitely be the two most complete teams the Niners have played. Mm. Interesting. Brandon. Stats and RJ. What's the uh, injury situation with each team? I want to get the inside intel here. Rob, you're the guest. So for the Niners, they've been as healthy as they've been all year. Going into this playoff game against Seattle, there were only two starters that weren't available for the game. One of them was Trey Lance, and the other was Emmanuel Mosley, their second corner who tore his ACL earlier in the year. They've got a couple guys that were limited yesterday with minor injuries, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to keep them out for the game. Uh, the one that does scare me a little is Javon Kinlaw was limited with a knee injury. That has been a recurring thing for him. He's had a ton of problems with it. Kyle Shanahan literally said this week he didn't think he was going to be able to come back and play at all this year. So to see him limited again with a knee injury is a little concerning because he's really a guy that takes up a bunch of space in the middle of that defensive line. If he's not there, that's going to be a lot easier for Tony Pollard, who, like I said earlier, is the thing that scares me about the Cowboys. On the Cowboys side, everyone is, I mean, relatively healthy, right? Like, and by that, I mean, like, looking like they're going to play. The only one is Jason Peters. And if you define him as a starter, that's up to you. I will say the Cowboys um, did start him on Monday night, which was strange. And they started him at left tackle. And they've, again, had kind of a rotational system happening all season because of the Tyron Smith thing. Um, but 
I mean, not that like having to move or adjust to that is not a big deal, but like it kind of isn't just because of the, the you know, changes they've had all year. Uh, from an offensive line standpoint, they'll have Tyler Smith at left tackle and Connor McGovern will play left guard and everything else will be the same. That does limit them from utilizing their jumbo package where they put McGovern at pullback. They, they don't do that a ton, but I mean, it is something at their availability if they want to do it. If McGovern is not starting at left guard. Um, so yeah, Jason Peters kind of the only one. J. Ron Curse, you know, seems like he's going to play. That was a big one. And, and, He's going to be counted on to kind of neutralize George Kittle. I mean, that's, that's, you know, J. Ron Curse. He is one of the defensive captains of the Cowboys. He's been so good for them since they, nobody knew who he was when the Cowboys signed him before the 2021 <laughs> season, but uh, he's really become one of the best players on the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, from an injury standpoint, the Cowboys are, again, about as healthy as you can be with the context of the fact that it's the divisional round of the playoffs. All right. I'll fire another question out there. I think maybe I asked you this already, RJ on a mixtape earlier this week in terms of what's the story if the Cowboys lose. And obviously, you know, there's context-dependent stuff going on here. But in general, like, what is what is the story after the season? I already asked that question, RJ, so I don't know if we need to revisit that. But with you, Stats, if the 49ers lose this game, like, what is the story coming out of this one? Um, maybe you can speculate how it would happen, but also, like, what does it mean? Like, what does this? what would a loss here mean for the 49ers? It's really weird, right? Because going into the year, it was Super Bowl or bust. You have to do it. You know, you can't start Trey Lance because this is your Super Bowl window. And then, of course, they have all these quarterback injuries. So on the one hand, it's like, well, they didn't win the Super Bowl. They're missing their window, right? Are they going to miss their chance? But on the other hand, because of all the quarterback injuries, I think it's that is going to be kind of put aside and the narrative is going to become what happens at quarterback, right? Do you go with Brock next year? Do you go with Trey Lance? And, and how they lose this game would matter, too. Like, if Brock throws four picks, it's certainly going to, you know, ignite that conversation a lot more than if he throws two touchdowns and no interceptions and the Cowboys just win in the end, you know? So I think how the Niners lose will be a factor, but it's not going to be the same kind of criticism that they would have gotten if it were Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo under center. I think that that general premise is true for the Cowboys. I know I answered it, Brandon, but in case anybody didn't hear, like, I think you would both agree, like, you've both been critical of Mike McCarthy. But again, like, all jokes and kidding aside, like, he's earned his, his like, credit, right? Like, at this point, like, the Cowboys would be stupid to move on from him, right? Like, they, they you know, we all think the Cowboys are a good team, right? Like, we think the Cowboys would be in the mix next year. McCarthy, Dak, like, all those silly narratives. Yes, really I would to bed. to see the Cowboys move on from Mike McCarthy. Okay, so, again, like... Um, <laughs> But like, again, but you get my point, like, like that, that was the story, like entering the season. And like, he has really dispelled that. And, and Dak has really dispelled it. And the fact that they've survived amid injuries, that is something that like the Niners do, right? Like, oh man, like the quarterback we traded heaven and earth for, like went down to injury. Like that would doom a lot of teams that has doomed the Cowboys in the past. But like, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've ever told you this stats in Mike McCarthy's opening press conference when he was hired by the Cowboys, the same one where he said he didn't actually watch all the games and all that stuff. Um, he was asked what team he specifically or like really enjoyed watching throughout that 2019 season that he obviously set out. And his answer, he said, I, I love Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. And it is funny um, that I mean, well, like they went to the Super Bowl, right? Like, I'm like, whoa, big, big, gladi da. Like you liked one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, but so it is funny that like Shanahan would be the team who beat him last year, obviously in the wild card round. And then it would come to this, like that they would meet twice, obviously in Dallas is only two playoff bursts under him. So, um, like I, I'm not saying he's become Kyle Shanahan, like, and I'm not trying to diminish Shanahan. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl, whatever. But I mean, I do think he's earned his place. And I think he's, he's, he's done what a lot of people thought he couldn't do with Dallas. And he's turned the ship around. Like, think like. Does anybody think the Cowboys win the way they did on Monday night with Jason Garrett? And again, I'm not giving Mike McCarthy credit for not being Jason Garrett, but like he is, he has gotten the team to a place that a lot of people haven't in the past. 
That is true. Uh, but I want to go back to your your other point. I feel like the Cowboys have like the Cowboys wear 49ers pajamas a little bit. Like they're trying to be the 49ers. They and are. the 49ers are the 49ers. Dude, and I, I mean, just like I, I, I don't know. So- uh, BLG, you missed this. I told Stats on the Ocho um, that he was very kind to me, and I, I think you would agree uh, based on the fact that his team beat mine in the playoffs last year. And you would agree, Brandon, that I would not be that gracious uh, given the result of the World Series. Um, and so Stats never, Stats has never even said that. But like, it, call it sad or silly or pathetic or whatever. But like, it should be noted because it was embarrassing that the Cowboys were very big losers about the way they lost to the 49ers. They whined and they complained and they deflected blame. We all talked about it. And, and Dak had the and low Dak, moment of, of yeah, celebrating. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was the lowest trash the refs. It was the lowest <laughs> moment of Dak Prescott's football career. And it was the lowest moment that the Cowboys have had in a very long time. And they committed themselves to, to not being that team anymore. They were soft. They were frauds. And, and the Niners exposed them. And they, to your point, stats, they said, we want to be like that. We, we want to be some glass eaters. And that was who they committed themselves to becoming. And, and I think that, you know, identity is what has gotten them to this point. I don't know that it's enough to beat the inspiration for it, to your point, but but they did. They were truly inspired by the 49ers to become like them. BLG, let me ask you a question, because I think I know what RJ would say, but I'll ask you as the somewhat impartial observer. Yes, very impartial. <laughs> I think I think that much is clear, right? You're totally you have no bias against the That's Cowboys right. whatsoever. I totally forgot the question I was about to ask. Oh, I thought you were gonna, I was excited. Yeah, that because, was, was super. That was a really big. Uh, we're, we're, like we're not editing this out. That's so. No, like, yeah, we're keep, keeping that in. Oh my goodness! I, I, was I even like, looked away, like because I thought I was. I was like, oh, Sats about to ask this like badass question. But yeah, I was like that <laughs> pause was like awesome. I was like, holy crap, this is a good question. What were you here. just talking about, RJ? Damn it! Oh, the man. Niners, the Niners, like being the inspiration for the Cowboys and like how right. they were kind of forged in that and they they became that. I don't know if it's and enough to become that something because it was impartial. I can't. I totally lost. I I kind Damn of. It. I, I thought you were gonna ask BLG like what it would be like if somebody tried to become the Eagles or if the Eagles were trying to become. That was what. Oh, I, I got it. Seemed, I got okay. it. I got it. I got there it. There it is. He's got it. I saw the clip of Dak on the Monday night, the go for bleeping two, right? Yeah. And it made me think because Dak is he's very savvy, he's very smart and very aware in his career. That's why the the refs and the garbage thing was such a jarring right. thing for him to say. I feel like Dak recognizes the moment and I think he's hmm. feeling the pressure a little bit of like, I'm the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. We haven't done it. Everyone's talking trash about us. Everyone's talking trash about me specifically, especially in the playoffs. And I don't want to get knocked out of the playoffs again because of some stupid kicker. I think that to me showed that he's feeling the heat a little bit. Would you agree? So Dak is okay with other people, you know, throwing trash, but he's not okay when the trash is coming his way. <laughs> um, I do think there's something to that. And there should be right. Because Dak prior to Monday night had only won one playoff game and it was against the Seahawks and RJ is going to love what I'm about to bring up. And they were not in front the Seahawks were for some reason, not trying to win that game because they refused to I pass mean, the ball. I've had Russell this conversation Wilson. for four years. I have no, like, you're not like hurting me. So I don't no, know. I'm not hurting you. Know. you. I'm just saying you hate when I bring, or probably annoyed when I bring it up. Um, it's that was just like the most perplexing game I've ever watched. Anyway, uh, and now they beat the Bucks, but okay, people are gonna be like, oh, it's just the Bucks. You know, it's Tom Brady. They they were below five hundred. They finished eight and ten, and include they had, there were six teams that had only six teams that only that had a worse point differential than they they, they were not a good team. They should not have been 
having a home game in the playoffs. But now is the chance to go out. And it's it's the opportunity to beat the team that ended your season and very it's like redemption. That's is what this season is all leading up to. And if you lose, like I said on the, the mixtape earlier this week, it's just it's very much is this this team's ceiling? Like we we can maybe win a playoff game, but then we're just gonna get beat by the forty stats stats left for a second. We'll get him keep that again, we're gonna keep all this in. Um, okay. Is but, he okay? Did he have to I, go? I don't think he had to go. Um, what if he just got bored and just left the show? Um, he hasn't sent me a Slack message, so um, maybe his, his connection went out. I thought he was like moving. I didn't think he like disconnected. While we're waiting for him to come back, how embarrassing was it that he um, like forgot his question? <laughs> like, I, I mean, do that all the time. I like I have a bad. Sh- I have I'm really good at remembering things long term. I have a really good memory and weird specific details. But well, that's, that's why you have the job. Like that's how we have the jobs we do because you can remember like sure. you know, weird Eagles things or whatever. But I forget like you know I'll put my phone down somewhere and I'll be like, where did I put my phone? And I just did it like mm. ten seconds ago. I have, like no idea where it was. I just for some reason I just space things like that. So I do that all the time, where I'll forget things. Uh, so I can't blame stats there. And you know, look, you do a lot of podcasts like we do. Um, that's gonna happen because you're talking for a long time. You're just gonna eventually lose your train of thought. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. While we try to buy time, uh, you mentioned putting your phone down. When you put it down, we brought up the, uh, like, what direction do you rotate your phone? Do you put your phone down with the screen facing down? I literally have my phone with the screen facing down right next to my laptop right now. So you go screen facing down. Yeah, because I don't I like to protect, I don't know, the screen, I guess. And also I have the iPhone with the, you know, the the like whatever, the three camera thing on the back. Right. That kind of bumps out a little bit and it's not if you lay it down on that side, it's not it's like like, kind of like like yeah, topsy turvy, whatever. Yeah, kind of could move uh, a little bit more. Whereas I, I put it the face down, it's more secure. It's not going to like move or shake anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Stat said he thinks he lost internet. He actually he said, "Hang on." So we have to keep tap dancing here. I usually go um, screen up. I think, but I will say this: if I'm like if the wife and I are watching a movie or something, I go screen down. You know, because we're like you know we've got like the lighting and everything. Like I don't want the like the flash. flash you know what I mean? On. Like happening sure. or whatever. Um, what other random things can we stall with? By the way, I ended up seeing uh, M. Thregan or Megan. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that, but okay. I'm not going to spoil anything. But what is it? What is up with people talking in the theater? Is that like something people just do now? Have you gone um, anywhere? Like, I feel like 
You said I don't a go very, to a ton of movies. Childish, by the way, like, what is up with people yeah, talking in the theater? <laughs> I did. But it's true. I, I've gone twice in the past, I don't know, maybe month, which is a lot for me. Usually I go to the movies like maybe, I don't know, five, four or five times a year. Not a, not a ton. They're too long. But the last couple of times I went, it's got people talking. It's like, what? what is this? And it's also, I don't know, maybe it's one thing if it's like short and it's during a loud sequence. I don't know. I'm not saying like, you know, there aren't uh, extenuating circumstances or whatever, but this was like during some quiet parts too. And I'm like, mm, seriously, cool. it's qu- yeah. I can hear like every word you're saying. Um, I will say this. I'm very particular about like strategizing like the movie theater experience. Like mm. I, I, I will specifically go pee um like after one trailer you know what i mean because i, I want to empty the tank you know what i mean like i want to make sure i don't have to go when the movie's on by the way that means this week on both mixtapes i've referenced poop and pee uh, yeah, what is so, going on here <laughs> so uh that's that i was thinking about this um along these lines because we do have to keep uh tap dancing obviously um i think the last movie i saw in theaters was avengers endgame i'm pretty certain wow um yeah i don't i haven't been since the pandemic began sure. um and just like at, th- at this point like don't you know want to come in or like i don't i don't feel the need to go to a movie um rj's typing something to yeah. stats well stats sent me a message said black screens and silence that could be like an album name uh yeah that's good which band uh you always you're referring like a, you have like a lot of deep cut like angsty i feel like uh alternative stuff you'll mention on like you bring up like dashboard confessional vindicated great song um, great song i mean i remember that song more because of the movie though because spider-man 2 like um also, i'm not a big like dashboard fan what was the yeah. other big one they had um hands was it hands down hands down to uh, hands down to the probably yeah. the biggest one good one um i think i sent you an instagram message once when you were i don't know if you posted on your story was it coheed in cambria cambria? yes yeah they're, they're famously my tw- twitter uh header right 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 uh the suffering is one of my all-time favorite songs um, and and so. it, and uh, the, the cool thing about that and stats is back here by the way for the audio listeners so we'll get to him in a bit but just the last thing on that is that i like it when a band um has different songs like kind of kind of genre songs like this like the suffering for example is more like a, a more poppy song for them right. whereas they have more metal songs or um even some slower songs so yeah, it's like I mean, it's like synthetic pop. Like it's cool. Like people like um, what is it, the nineteen seventy five? Like they like that group now. Like that's like the suffering is kind of kind of that vibe. Like same for you know for me. Uh, stats, are you a, a Coheed fan? No. Nope. Are you do, a Death Cab for Do you like fan? music stats? I love music. Are you kidding me? I absolutely I don't know. love music. What are what are your some like like songs that you liked in high school? Stats. Let's give us the, give us those. You, that you had the eight track. Can't, can't name a song. Love music. A, I do. Can't name a song. I was a John Mayer fan in high school. A big okay, John Mayer course. fan. Uh, that is a very. Well, who do you like thing. now? I don't like any new. I don't know any new music now. Wow. Well, I mean, I don't, it doesn't have to be a new music, but just like, what would you listen? Let's say you're after this podcast, you're going to go listen to some music. What are you going to put on? I would put on anything except country or like mm. death metal. Wow. Can you so play what, any musical instrument stats? Uh, yeah, you used to play the piano when I was a kid. Nice. I'd wow. love a piano. Great instrument. <laughs> I can most, play the xylophone, which is the same thing, like from a you know note standpoint. But wow. Okay. Uh, you should be really proud of the stats. We tap danced a lot while you I'm were sorry, super there's unprofessional. A con- there's an Xfinity person like literally on my street fiddling with stuff. So I just went outside and screamed at them. And um, now we're back. Okay. Well, I'm... Brandon was kind of finishing his point um, that you brought up. And I think I can't remember at this point, like all the podcasts blend together for me. Like you guys know what this week 
is like i was to to tie a bow on what i was saying (laughs) like 10 minutes later I, i was saying that it would just feel i feel like for cowboys fans similar to some points of the jason garrett era where it's like you just feel like there's this ceiling like we can't get by it we can't we didn't make the championship game again we lost to the 49ers again and it's just like what was this great year for like what is it all for and and how are we going to get better how do we actually get this monkey off our back and finally break through stats you i wanted to talk about what brandon said but you raised your hand very politely so i don't know if you wanted to clap back on something no, I was just ready in case you had were going to pull a me, BLG, and forget where we were. I had remembered oh. the threat. So go ahead, RJ. Well, stats, I agree. And I've I've talked about this a lot um, on different shows, obviously. But um, and I, I can't I really can't remember if I brought it up to you, but the DAC um, go for effing two line, um, you know, about Brett Maher. And I agree with what Brandon said about how, like, there's a clear, like, pressure and because there should be right. Like, and, and we all agree, like, no, I'm, I'm this is not a shot on Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy or, or Patrick Mahomes, but like, it's a little bit different right for Dak Prescott and the pressure and like the, the ghost that, that he's chasing and fighting and, and the, whatever you want to call it um and I can tell you and you brought it up stats like I have never ever except for the post-game you know moment and that wasn't on the field like I've never seen Dak like show that kind of emotion mid-game in seven years I've, I've never seen that um so it was, it was very strange and I do think I, I I hate to put things into like the momentum category or whatever People used to say at the beginning of Dak's career when he was a rookie, because he would practice horribly, they would be like, well, he's, he's a gamer, right? Like, he, he's not a practice court. Like, I mean, you've both heard that to some extent. Um, yes. I, I do think there is something. I don't think it's a – I don't know how much of a deal I think it is. I think it's a non-zero thing. I, I think that the pressure can enhance players, obviously, or or hinder them. Brett Maher is a, a great example. But I, I do think that, that that was working to Dak's benefit on Monday night. I do think that Dak was like – this one is for for me. Like, no offense to, and you know, I've, I've made this joke a lot of you know this week. No offense to Leighton Vanderesh or J. Ron Curse or Trayvon Diggs or Deron Bland or Michael Gallup. This does not impact their lives the way that it impacts mine. And I I do think that we saw Dak play that way. And and I think that they've tried the Cowboys as a whole. And this does predate Dak and Zeke to that point. They've tried to ignore that. They've tried to be like, no, we, we, it's just another game. And I, I think there's something to like embracing the fear. Like, like you know, to go back to music, I, and we talked about this at BTV. Papa Roach said it. The the scars remind us that the pain, like the pain is real. Like, See, like there's it, another one of those references. The, the the pain is so real, but and the pain is staring you right in the face this week if you're the Cowboys. Like that is the team that like they they cut you. They they're the ones who gave you that scar that you wear. Um, and so I I do think it's a it's a powerful reminder. Obviously, it can serve to to make you kind of play too hard and, and maybe get in over your skis. This is their last resort. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. See, I like music. I do, I do think. Wow. It's part <laughs> of it. We, we might be overrating part of it or overstating part of it. It's just like a natural human reaction. Right. right. We, all, we all felt the same way. Like, <laughs> literally, just go for two at this point. Like, come on. What are we like? What are we doing here? And I um, I think people there are. I think you both agree. There are some people that are like, "What a loser, Dak!" Like, come on, bro. You threw in. It's like, hmm. dude, come on. Like, he just had a natural human reaction. He was frustrated, and and he let his emotions get the better of him. Yeah, I have no. I, didn't see I have no that. problem with it. Well, I, I've seen some. So uh, there was a clip. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, the Dallas Cowboys team does a great job with this sounds from the sideline series yeah, video. cd lamb was, was pumping him up right and so like i tweeted the cd lamb uh clip out and cd was really actually very sweet um you know he was like and he said dude you've bailed us out you know what i mean like so we've got you and there there were several i mean it was a handful of people that were like oh yeah meanwhile Dak is slamming his helmet it's like dude, oh dude, well, everybody that's dumb. chill yeah. out yeah because nobody's gonna <laughs> rip cd lamb or maher the way they're gonna rip Dak if the cowboys get eliminated so it's 
just to, to piggyback off that point stats, I think there are two people that acted, you know, with that authority on Monday night and we'll see what they do on Sunday. And Dak is one of them. Mike McCarthy's the other, like they're the two who acted like our, our football lives are on the line. Like pe- people are going to say things about us contingent upon what happens here tonight. And you know, they played the way they did. And so th- this is, and, and to your point, Brandon, I mean, this is why you were hired, Mike McCarthy. Like, yeah, I, I will give you all the props in the world for for doing this and persevering and surviving, you know, all of the chaos that this season brought. But the Niners had a lot of chaos. The Eagles had chaos. Everybody has some chaos to some degree. You were hired. Jason Garrett got here. J- Jason Garrett got to this point three times. You were hired to get past this point. The Niners are in your way. That sucks, man. Even if you get to the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes might be in your way. At some point, you have to be enough. You have to be the reason. And they played like that on Monday night. And I don't know that it'll be enough, but I, I do trust them to to play that way, to give it their all. It just might not be enough this week. I don't know if that makes sense. I have one more question, and it's for the both of you. And it relates to what, something we talked about with Ed Valentine earlier this week. And part of why Ed is excited for this week's Eagles-Giants game is that all the pressure yeah, is on the so, Eagles. So, like, oh, what a, what a how stupid of Ed <laughs> Yeah, there was a tone for, there. For, that was so yeah, dismissive. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't trying to do that. Uh, sorry, but... <laughs> Part of the reason he said he's so excited is that, well, I think part of it is a little funny because it's like when you're the underdogs, yes, you have less pressure, but also you're not as good. So, so there, you know, it goes hand in hand. But anyway, getting to the spirit of the question, Ed was saying, you know, all the pressure is on the Eagles. And certainly that's true. The Giants are playing with house money. The Eagles, you know, have had this historical season franchise record for a team wins in the regular season with 14 obviously yeah, the 17th game but still in a lot of metrics they they almost broke the single season uh or the yeah the sack record set by any team in a season like they've done a lot of great accomplishments but what does it mean if you just get bounced in your first <laughs> is this about the game? niners and cowboys yeah i'm getting to it hold on slow, <laughs> slow your roll so i'll ask both of you which team is facing more pressure in this matchup starting with stats it's weird to say, but I think it's the Cowboys because of the Brock Purdy thing. Like, who's going to rip on the 49ers for not getting to the NFC Championship with their third-string rookie quarterback who was the last pick in the draft? Like, are you really going to bang on them? If it was Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, I think it would be the Niners by far. But now I think it's the Cowboys because of everything we just talked about. Kyle Shanahan ain't getting fired if the Cowboys lose. Mike McCarthy might. Oh, stats. Come on. I think it's a slim chance. And for the record, I don't think he deserves to get fired. But he, you can't rule it out, RJ, with, especially with Sean can, Payton sitting there. If they got, if they lost, like let's say forty-two to zero, there's zero chance he gets fired. Okay, if the Eagles lost sixty to zero to the Giants, is Nick Sirianni get no. fired? No, no, he wouldn't because he went fourteen and three. <laughs> okay, and also there isn't Sean Payton looming <laughs> out there the, thing. the way he is for the Cowboys. I okay, the Sean Payton, like that's why I don't think that. I mean, I. I don't know. I, I think you can define pressure a different way. I think that's fair stats, right? Like the Cowboys have the better quarterback, right? Like some would argue they have the better defensive player. Like that is where, like, I think the votes are truly split, right? Like that, if, if you ranked every single element of this game, like the, the most contentious one to be like Nick Bosa versus Micah Parsons, right? Um, I, I would, th- it does feel very flipped for me versus a year ago. And even the way you and I are acting stats and not, not that that has anything to do with the game, but like you said on the Ocho, you were like, I don't have any like real doubt. Like I'm very confident that the nine, what was the stats or the stat that you brought up stats? Can you tell Brandon about the, the 17 plays or the, that, that was so stupid. Yeah, so the, I know I asked you the first. Niners have had, there were 17 plays last week where the Niners had their base personnel on the field. And I'm talking Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Kyle Juszczyk. In those 17 plays, the Niners averaged more than 15 yards per play. 
<laughs> and that that's why I, I do think the pressure, from my perspective, obviously, is on the Niners because it's like, okay, cool. They this have is Brock- exactly what I wanted. <laughs> but it's like, okay, like I do think a lot, not everyone, obviously, but I think a lot of people are like, okay, cool. They have Brock Purdy, but look at look at Kyle Shanahan's system. BLG, you said like, I can't really find the weakness on this team. Like that's how a lot of people tend to feel. The Niners are literally the favorites, right? Um, you look at any kind of picks. I don't know what the SB Nation picks are going to look like yet, but I'm assuming you both are picking the Niners to win. I mean, mm-hmm. so like, I, I think, you know, the Cowboys are in that literal technical sense, the underdog. They're going to San Francisco to face the, their daddies, the team who, who beat them last year, who beat them into submission, who forced them to acknowledge that they were frauds and who beat them so badly that the Cowboys wanted to become them. Like, I mean, how, how <laughs> they own them. Like, you know what I mean? They, they own them in that sense. And so, um, and, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Niners have two days of extra rest and all these stupid little things. So I, I think the Niners are under a teeny bit more pressure. I don't think it's massive. I would say it's like 51, 49, maybe 52, 48. Yeah. I, th- I think they're both under pressure to give my answer, but I actually do think the 49ers are under more pressure. I mean, when you're a team that's won 10 games going into the postseason, and 11. now even, oh, sorry, going into the postseason, Yeah. And now 11 here and you have the best betting odds now. They've overtaken the Eagles in the NFC. And I think just even from like a, like a vibe, like any kind of podcast you listen to, like the SB Nation NFL show or whatever kind of national coverage, I think most people would agree. If you're going to rank the teams right now, everyone, I think most people would put the 49ers ahead of the Eagles. I think everyone views them as the top team in the NFC. So I think there's a lot of pressure on them uh, to be this team that everyone thinks they are. Uh, whereas the Cowboys, again, there's still pressure. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it's less than San Francisco's. I also think, and and stats, I don't know how much you agree with this, but there was something to like when when the Niners walked out to the field last year out of the locker room with the what was it the boombox and everything like that. Like at the in the moment, because I was so caught up, I was like, this is stupid. But like looking back, it was like that was it. <laughs> like like you know what I mean? Like it was over. Like they knew they were the better team, but they knew it like quietly to themselves. You know what I mean? Like and it feels like. And again, like, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, make things out of nothing, but it feels like now they're like, everyone acknowledge us. You know what I mean? Like, so there is, like, a more external pressure in that sense. Like, it, it was an ass-kicking that they handed the Cowboys. And now they're like, yeah, we're going to do it again. It felt like they were more comfortable working in the dark a year ago. I think there's... Crawling in the Dark's a great song by Hoobastown, by the way. <laughs> so is the reason. Um, there was a moment in the, too much in the game against the Cowboys last year. It was early and I forget who the defender was, but somebody was, they lined up and they were like, we're going to drill Debo Samuel and we're going to show the 49ers that we're here. And they lined up and boom, they hit Debo and he didn't even fall down. He took like a step backwards and he was just like, what's up? I think the Cowboys are going to try to do that again on Sunday. I really do. Cause of all the stuff you've been talking about and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the same thing happens or if they do punch the 49ers in the mouth early. I think these are two really united teams. Um, I saw Kyle tweeted about this during the Seahawks game about like, I don't remember what the data was, but like after the dirty play, the like rolling of Debo's ankle, it was like a hundred and nothing. Like basically like it was like complete and total domination from that point. I, the Cowboys have some of that in them too. Like, again, they're, they're not the Niners, but they do have some level of like unity and, and like us against the world, because it's not only them against like the world. And a lot of people to Brandon's point are picking the Niners, but it's them against like history. It's like, Dak, you're not as good as Romo. Michael, you're not as good as where, you know, all these guys, like you're just, you're just, you know, living off of, of the, you know, accomplishments of many people and players and teams who have come before you. So like, you're not fitting to be here. You don't belong in this echelon of Dallas Cowboys franchise history. And I'm not saying the Niners don't have a, a storied history either, but um, it's, 
it's a weird matchup. I haven't felt this way. And this it's not good or bad. I just I haven't felt like this in a, in a playoff game before. It's funny that you mentioned the Niners like getting fired up. You know who else gets fired up in that situation? Kyle Shanahan. So he ran on the field after that happened, and he kind of like throws a shoulder into one of the Seahawks players. And then the Niners, the next five plays are all runs because I think Kyle just got mad. He was like, run, 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 run. And then on their next drive, they go short pass to Debo Samuel for a first down and they go end up going all the way down the field and scoring another touchdown. Like, I think it fired Shanahan up to be like, all right, now I'm going to go for the throat. Mm. I think we should get out of here, right? Because we still have to save some stuff to talk about on the look ahead <laughs> when it comes to this game. Uh, so I have two final questions, one for each of you. Brandon, who wins this game? Do you reserve the right to change or adjust or whatever when we do p- official, official, official picks on the look ahead? Cowboys win. Whoa. I, I, actually, my second question, who who would you rather win? Is it is it like presuming the Eagles win? Who yeah. who would you want? Who would you rather face? Cowboys. Interesting. Is that why you're picking them? <laughs> so it's just like you're Even, trying to create the most favorable. No, that's interesting because the Cowboys. No, I genuinely think it. Dak has owned the Eagles. Hmm. He's well. I mean, in a literal sense, he is seven and three in his last ten games against the Eagles. He's nine and one. What was Tom Brady's record against? Uh, I'm just telling you. Like, I'm, 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 look, we're we're gonna have like content to create if this ends up being the case. He's seven and three in his last ten against the Eagles, and he's nine and one in his last ten against the Giants. If it came to that, obviously. Um, so that would be interesting. Stats. My question to you is: Do you think the winner of this game wins next week, mm. regardless of who they play? It's a good question. No, I can't say that. Because as confident as I am right now, I would go into the Eagles game a little well, scared. Obviously, like <laughs> obviously, there's some like necessary context that we don't have, right? Like how they looked or how who looked or injuries, mm-hmm. whatever the case. But in a general sense, like trusting the teams as you know them to be today, and knowing that the uh, team they play next week will also have not that this is everything, but they'll also have an arrest advantage. Yeah, I, I don't. I would be surprised if the 49ers lost this week. I would not be surprised if they lost to the Eagles. So I have to say no. Would you take the winner of this game against the Giants, yes, though? Outright? 100%. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think so, anyone would. Okay. So, like, so you're you're saying, just so we're all, like, cool. I mean, you know, we're friends. We'll keep talking. But we all think that Cowboys Niners would both beat the Giants. We all think all three of these teams would beat the Giants. Um, yeah. But we yes. all agree that Cowboys or Niners against the Eagles is a bit more of a coin flip. Agreed. I wow. think Eagles beat the Cowboys. I don't know how to feel about the 49ers. I just think specifically how that defense matches up against the Eagles offense is a big question mark. But mm. if you're if you're not sure how the Eagles would play against the 49ers, why do you think the Cowboys are going to beat the 49ers? Because I think that Actually, they, yeah, that's that's the question. Why do you cuz you picked them. Why do you think the Cowboys are going to beat the Niners? Um what's my biggest reason for anything that I do in life? What is oh the Oh my gosh, he's one word, vibes. It's all vibes, baby. Who's, what I mean, are the, the vibes? Who's got better vibes like, are, than the Niners? What are the positive <sighs> and negative vibes here? It's tough. It's so the vibes are. Look, this is why I am paid the bucks <laughs> to read these kind of things to analyze, <laughs> analyze these kind of vibes. It's not easy, but I, I think they both have some going in their favor. I just think again, coming back to the pressure of it all, it's very unique compared to years past, where I think the Cowboys just have had so much pressure on them and going into any given matchup, it was always them. And I, I think this is a rare time where they don't have that working against them. I've, I've mentioned this before, and, and put whatever stock in it you want to, but I don't know who brought this up. It was somebody who tweeted at, at me a long time ago when the Cowboys clinched their playoff berth this year. Um, 
like I think the reason there's been so much pressure on the Cowboys in the past is because they haven't been like a playoff team consistently, right? It's so like every opportunity has like therefore been a little bit more precious, right? Because it's like, man, they're probably not going to be able to like that's their thing, right? They can't get back next year, so you have to do it now, which is what what again kind of like. I don't know if, if you agree that that kind of adds to the feeling of like, it's not house money, but it's like, okay, now you're just like a team. Like you're a team who normally does this. And like, maybe this is your time to kind of break through there. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts. Well, maybe I'm too guilty of uh, being the hero of our own narrative here, but I also just feel like, doesn't it feel, can't you or does it, can't you envision the world where we get the Eagles Cowboys rubber match where Jalen hurts and Dak Prescott finally actually get to play each other this year after the first two games. Like, doesn't that feel like, Oh yeah, we're definitely getting that. Like, of course that's going to, at least once it happens, I'll be, Oh, of course this happened because this is going to settle it once and for all. Yeah. I can talk myself into like the, of course, for any of these permutations. Like I can even talk myself into like, Oh, of course it would be like Niners giants, right? Like the, you know, the, the big bad wolf and, and, well, like, I mean, again, if we're talking about the story, it's like it's like the mighty Niners against the like underdog giants, right? Like they're the they're the little giants against the big bad 49. Here's how you talk yourself into that. The Niners could potentially be on an incredible redemption playoff tour, right? First playoff game, the Seahawks, who of course beat them in 2013 and the, and the big rivalry there. Now they've Ooh, got the Cowboys. The Cowboys, who of course the you know, 49ers biggest rival forever. You've got that. Then it's possible the Niners play the Giants in the NFC Championship game. That would be redemption for 2011 and for stopping the three-peat. Yeah. And then even if you take it further, they could potentially play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, who, of course, beat them in 2019. So, like, you're talking about in a single playoffs, healing a lot of wounds if it were to happen, which, admittedly, that's skipping ahead. That's Steph, where the, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw non fumble is just the worst call in NFL history. It's just, it's the worst call. It's just too soon. The whistle could not have been blown any faster ever in any kind of play ever. Just to say, oh, that wasn't a fumble. Are you kidding me? That's absolutely curious, a fumble. To get back to kind of like what became the like the main point that we discussed, like pressure. Um, I'm very curious to like because I think any matchup the Eagles are in, the pressure is on them based on like the way they've played this season. And and so I'm very curious to see like, cause to Stats' point, like there would be some like non-pressure on the Niners if it was like Niners Chiefs or something like that, or not, even Niners Bills, I think would kind of work out that way. Um, the redemption, and like, I thought about it cause like the Cowboys are on their like own redemption tour, right? They got Brady, they had never beaten him before, right? The Niners are literally the team who beat them last year. I don't think there's any redemption that the Cowboys could have against the Eagles. Cause, cause redemption implies there's like a one-sided thing the Cowboys and Eagles has been fairly like even Steven for the most part in the regular season, but the redemption, if you want to go your route stats would be 2007, right? Like, you know, giants come to town. They, they knock off one of the bigger, better teams in Cowboys history. Uh, but like, what is the, re- I know this was Cowboys Niners, but I'll ask you stats. What is the redemption angle for the Eagles? Like they're, they're the, they're the, the, the sitting favorite. They're the ones who have to prove this, right? I think for the Eagles, it would be, everybody thinks our Super Bowl was a fluke with Nick Foles. Now we've been the best team all year. And with Jalen Hurts, we've been steamrolling people. We're the number one seed. What are you going to say now? Like now is this one, does this one not count either? So that's what I, if I were an Eagle fan, that's what I would say. Is that unfair BLG? It's not like redemption, but it's just kind of the leave no doubt. I guess you can kind of say of it uh, to your point. And it's just, it would be extremely satisfying the path where they beat 
okay, the Giants division rival, not that great, but still, okay, you knocked out a division rival. That's kind of a fun angle uh, as opposed to, you know, let's say like 2017 when they beat the Falcons. Like there's not, there wasn't a lot of juice for beating. I know the Falcons were in the Super Bowl the year before, but it's not like there's they were the Falcons. animosity. Yeah, it's, it's like, it wasn't. To, to, to your point, if you get to the Super Bowl by beating two division rivals, like you can forever say that. You know what I mean? Like remember yeah, 2022 when we, when we beat the division rivals, like three teams beat, made the playoffs and we beat them both like on the way. And then be your former head coach, potentially, and Andy Reid and Mahomes. I, oh, I thought you were going to go with Doug Peterson. Or Doug Peterson, like, yeah. <laughs> well, I would love that. Sorry, Doug. But also, um, but no, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Andy here and, you know, Mahomes, who is, you know, going to win the MVP, and which some people are going to feel like Hurts got robbed of that. And like, and if, you know, if your two Super Bowls were against Brady and Mahomes, it'd be pretty. That's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, it'd be, yeah, that's a great point. And also, like, you know, who cares about MVP if Hurts is winning Super Bowl MVP? See, like, I think for me, like if, if I was an Eagles fan, the the like angle is hurts, right? Like the angle, if they pulled it off, it would be like, we told you that that rocky three week stretch when when he missed and the shoulder and everything, you guys that you all took your your laps right then. Took well, the guess cheese. what? Like, yeah, you know, it, it was it, when he's here, it's all whatever, you know, like that. I mean, define it, word it how you want. But um, holy crap, um, I'm a little bit more scared than I was, which was already a lot. So. <laughs> it's going to uh, be fun uh stats you get the last thing or brandon you said one oh you said this a minute ago one last quick thing did you say that, that was a while ago thing? what was the last quick thing the pressure thing or uh i don't know who knows but uh listen to the sp nation nfl show that's mm. my last thought stats your last thought will be to offer us a piece of life advice that everyone can use in their life every day moving forward nobody's ever argued their way to happiness Plot 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.